Welcome to the Brew Time Podcast. This is a podcast all about doing content differently. I'm your host, Fiona. I am a content writer and content manager at Indie Essentials. On this episode, episode six, I am chatting to the absolutely wonderful Victoria Tretis. Victoria is a coach, trainer, mentor, wing woman for VAs who know they are more than a VA. She has some wonderful courses and products to help VAs become more and build their own businesses. But more than that, she's got some amazing content that really speaks from the heart. And let's just have it in her own words. Enjoy the conversation. Right, this is where I feel I ask like the dickish questions because this is not how I normally speak. And as soon as you start talking to someone like, so we're going to do the interview now, everyone like I goes, right, I need to have a different different body language. I'll get my power pose on. Yeah, power pose. It's not video. That's why I'm like, <laughs> flipping sunshine in November. It looks lovely. looks nice. Very atmospheric. Yeah. Right, obviously, I know who you are and what you do. But there will be people listening to this who don't know who you are and what it is you do. So can you tell us? Of course, I would be very happy to. So I am Victoria Tretis and I am a coach and mentor for ambitious virtual assistants who want to learn new skills, learn more skills so that they can run a better business and build their own empire while also adding extra value to their own clients as well. So I kind of transitioned into this role after being a virtual assistant since around about 2013. So I was a virtual assistant on an employed basis for a couple of years. And then I thought, okay, well, I kind of know how to do the job and I'd love to run a business. So let me give it a go. Now, at this point, I kind of thought, like, what the hell have I done? Because although I knew how to do my job really well, there were so many facets of running a business that I didn't have a clue about. So, you know, nobody goes into business, uh, you know, unless you're an accountant to do your own bookkeeping or your own social media or content marketing or IT support. You know, there's so many different hats you need to wear. So it was such a steep learning curve. But I invested quite a lot of time, money and effort into trying to excel at it and just soak up all the knowledge and all the things so that I could bring my best self to my own business, but also add more value to my clients as well. So the coaching side of the business, I kind of launched it earlier in 2020, although I'd kind of been doing some mentoring for virtual assistants before that as well. Um, but I feel like now I can really bring to the table so much of the expertise that I've gained both on the job, but also through investing in myself and like I said, trying to trying to build that that empire myself as well. So it's all very exciting. I love it. I love it because I knew you as a VA slash OVM, and yes. then you've transitioned since we briefly worked together to something much bigger than that. Like your whole business has changed. Yeah, it's it's super exciting, and I think this is one of the things that I've had to learn over the years. You know, it's. It, business is just one big science experiment. You know, it's very unlikely that you're going to get it right first time. So it's just a case of, you know, tweaking and adjusting. So I tried the VA thing. I liked it. I was good at it, but I tweaked it so that I could be more of an online business manager. Tried that, you know, tweaked it, realized that I was actually quite good at the coaching and the mentoring. So tweaked it again. So it's this evolution, but on a really 
natural and organic way as well where you are drawing on all of that previous experience and work history to bring your best self to the role that you're doing at this moment in time so yes it's it's super exciting so how did you transition your content from being about attracting clients as a VA to attracting your new clients which is mentoring and coaching oh that's a good question I think it's one of the things that I hear my business coach say, I don't know who said it originally, was that confused minds don't buy. So when you've only got one target audience, like you're a VA and you're looking for clients, there's just one target audience to talk to. There's one ideal client avatar who you need to aim your content towards. Um, and then last year, so that's relatively straightforward. Then last year I had, um, or earlier this year even, a VA matchmaking industry. So I effectively had two different target audiences. One was virtual assistants who needed work and the other were prospective clients who wanted a virtual assistant. So all of a sudden I needed to create double the amount of content because I had two completely different target audiences with completely different pain points and needs. So that was a real test because that means, you know, two different types of social media content. In my case, I split it between two platforms as well. So one um, VAs were on Facebook, LinkedIn was um, matchmaking clients, two different types of lead magnets, two different types of welcome sequences. Like it literally was double the amount of work. So in a way, shutting that business down because it wasn't viable you know i tried it it didn't work i'm glad i did it but again it comes back to that tweaking testing and adjusting um so now that my full focus is on ambitious virtual assistants who want to upskill want to maybe transition into an online business manager role it's so much easier now because i'm doing half as much work because i've only got one target audience so yes it's it's easy and um earlier on in the year I committed to sending a weekly email out to the email list. So at the time it felt like a re- it felt like a goal that would really stretch me, you know, how would I think about content every week? How would I commit to this on top of everything else? Um, and then the pandemic hit and you know, everything that's going on in the world. Um, and I'm really pleased that I've managed to do that throughout this year as well. So um, yeah, it's actually got easier creating content as time's gone awesome and I love that it's that word there you've made a commitment to send this out this newsletter out and you send it out at the same time every single week no matter what without fail and that's one of the things I absolutely love about how you do content is your drive to make your output so consistent and to keep doing it so how do you approach that consistency and that commitment I think, well, thank you, first of all. I think there's a couple of things going on. So first of all, I'm really freaking stubborn, which often works in my favor because it means that if I set my mind to something, I'm going to freaking do it. Like come rain or shine, I I am on it. I don't want to let myself down. Um, But also I'm a big fan of incremental gains or marginal gains. So I'm not trying to compare myself to what Amy Porterfield's putting out in terms of content or um, Ashton Kutcher, you know, that type of thing or whatever. What's her name? No, Jenna Kutcher, isn't it? Ashton Kutcher's the blooming actor. I do the same thing. (laughs) I read the name the other day and I'm like, I think that's an actress, isn't it? (laughs) Jenna Kutcher, maybe they're related, I don't know. So I don't want to compare myself with their output i want to stay in my lane and i want to i want to focus on just getting one percent better every single day every single week so i feel like i'm very 
strategic with what I do because you know like you I'm a working mum my working hours are limited to the time I'm at the desk my earning potential is based on the number of hours that I, that I put in unless I do something else so this is me thinking okay what can I do to create more passive income in my business how can I raise more awareness about what it is I do and how I help people um and I think I can't tell other people to be consistent with their marketing if I'm not walking that talk myself. I love that. And something else that, that has come to me, and I'm sorry if this is like, um, what's that, a curveball question, I, um, but it's what you put out and what you choose to put out is so very personal and sometimes quite raw. Um, obviously, you must keep a lot of stuff Back that you don't share online but how do you how do you balance that like how much of you you put out there I think this is something that I um I've struggled with for such a long time particularly when I first became self-employed because coming from a corporate background you effectively go to work you swipe your id card to go through the turnstiles and you check your personality out as you walk through the, the, the lobby and go up the lifts to your desk because you're not allowed to have personal effects on your desk. You're not allowed to have pictures of your kids. You're not allowed to admit that you have any kind of life outside of work. So it's very sterile and it's very corporate. Um, so when I first started my business, I was operating all of my social media profiles under a pseudonym because I have an unusual surname in Tretis. I knew that anybody could find me if I put my name out there. And that felt like, it felt very, very vulnerable for me. So there's almost been a series of, again, these incremental gains, these like 1% nudges in the right um, direction over the last four years for me to feel more confident with putting my name out, you know, more confident about talking about a work related story or a, a business related story, you know, saying an F bomb in a in a live video, you know, what would people think of me? But Interestingly, I, um, I wrote an email a few, a few months ago now, and it was all about sweary book titles that I've, I've read, I recommend, I love. That got so many unsubscribes, presumably because it was quite a sweary message. And I kind of thought, you know what, if you don't like me swearing in an email, you sure as hell aren't going to like me swearing on a video or a training call or something like that. So it's almost like being more self-assured in who you are so that you're attracting the right type of person. And again, I do think I, I had a strategy call with somebody this week and she was like, okay, let's talk about your Instagram grid. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She was like, you're telling people that they need to take imperfect action, that they need to take faster, bolder, like make faster, bolder decisions. But your Instagram feed is perfectly curated. You've got, you know, these color schemes going on and the logos in the same place. Like you're not walking the talk. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are so right. Like, why couldn't I see this? So even then it's that 1% nudge in a slightly different direction to keep me more closely aligned with my truest truth. And sometimes we do get caught in other people's, um, like com comparing yourself to somebody else, you know, like the Amy Porterfields or the Jenna Kutchers. Um, and it's again, just about staying in my own lane and being comfortable with who I am and how I say it, because knowing that the content I put out will be a, a mirror to the people who are hopefully reading it and will go on to work with me going forward as well. 
So you surprised me with that, um, that email that got you so many unsubscribes because you start out all the swear words. Yes. In that email, which <laughs> I would, always makes me wonder what's the point of doing that because everyone knows what the word says and if you're going to be offended by the word, you're going to be offended by the stars in the word. Yeah. So I find that really interesting. But where's the worst place you've ever sworn? Oh, um... Mm -mm. oh that's a good question I don't know I'm, I'm quite I can put a filter on it in the right kind of situations but otherwise I I it's if I'm with children then obviously I don't that, that filter comes up quite quickly so I'm good but I will you know sometimes I swear on client calls and you know maybe it's not entirely appropriate but it's said in jest in fun like it's never in anger or vindictive or anything like that it's purely for emphasis i'm i'm very much a lover not a hater so if i swear it's it's usually in a nice way not in an aggressive way oh what goodness. about you you're not an aggressive person at all. um i i once swore in a job interview oh did you <laughs> no <laughs> um that as well as you could say it wasn't like an angry swear it was more like we were having a conversation and I'd met this person before in like previous life so they'd obviously we've met before we'd see seen each other out so they know how I talk so I don't know if I didn't get the job because of my situation at the time or because I swore in the job interview <laughs> I sort of came out and I went even though it seemed acceptable it probably wasn't the best choice of words that I could have used right then oh uh, but then again you know would, if you'd have been offered that job and they'd have seen the real you behind the scenes and you know the un, the unfiltered you then maybe it wouldn't have been a good alignment for you personality wise going forward anyway so it's all it's all good isn't it it weeds out it weeds weeds people out in terms of who likes you and who doesn't and that's fine oh I'm good with that I'm really I'm really I'm not like crying over this job I never got <laughs> uh, well you you do put out a newsletter a blog and social media posts across all your channels now I know that you use one piece of content to inform all of those so you're not constantly creating you're creating one thing that gets reused but to come up with one thing every week and to do it on a weekly basis, people underestimate how much time that takes and how much energy that takes out of you. So how do you, one, keep up the energy levels because you're very energetic and two, how do you come up with ideas all the time? Uh, well, I think for, for anybody listening, for full transparency, Fiona is my content manager, so helps me with a lot of this. So um, I have an idea maybe sometimes it's a sometimes the content on my weekly email is a social media post that i've taken time to write and has actually had quite a lot of good traction or good engagement or good feedback on it and i'm like okay doesn't make sense to just use this once let's add a little bit more information into it and turn it into a weekly email so that certainly helps. Um, I've got a, a list of different situations that have happened, like weird situations, funny situations, business situations. So I can always um, turn to that for a bit of inspiration. But it, interestingly, and I don't know how many of your listeners will be female, but you talk about my energy levels, but I work really closely with my menstrual cycle and my energy levels. So I have 
one week of the the month which is this this week as, as we're talking where i know i'm freaking on it when it comes to creativity and stuff i know ideas come to me really easily i'm able to move forward with things really quickly so when i'm like that i will try and batch content so like you and i have emails until the end of the month you know and if we need to change the content slightly you know of course we can do that it's not set in stone but i try and plan and tap into that creative energy while i have it because i know in two weeks time i'm going to want to do the absolute bare minimum so there's that going on but also i want to be really smart with my content creation because you know working mum pandemic we've got so many different commitments going on and so much mental load so i don't want to have to create loads and loads of different pieces of content every single week so my plan going forward and i'm not doing it so much now is i want to take one topic that i'm going to talk about in my weekly podcast that's going to then get transcribed the transcription i can then edit into a weekly email the weekly email then you um translate into a, a blog and put the images in and do all the seo then we've got the captions that you do as well which goes on social media so that's plugged into a um, social media scheduler that pushes out evergreen content. So let's say we've got a hundred piece pieces of content in there. When it gets down to a hundred, it goes back up to the top and starts at number one again. So there's that constant cycle in there. Um, so at the moment, I'm not doing the podcast to weekly email bit, but I was thinking about it the other day and I just thought it makes absolute sense to add that other layer from a smart content creation perspective. Um, so um yeah so it's it's good i feel like it it feels very strategic now it feels on purpose it feels on brand it doesn't feel like i'm suddenly talking about something completely random and off point because i've already put time effort and energy into thinking about what the topics are for the next three weeks for the next four weeks and beyond so um yeah planning ahead i think i love that i love that how it's working smarter not harder which is what you say a lot in your content yeah. but I do want to go back because I love that you work your month to your menstrual cycle and I know in pre-podcast conversation we, I was joking that I like I needed a women's uterus podcast but I think that this is actually a really important conversation to have because oh, this, I read it in Ms. Lexia the women's writing literary journal that someone wrote a book about how we need to work to our monthly seasons. So we have spring, summer, autumn, winter within the month as women. And that naturally during the winter week, we do need to huddle down. We will need to sleep more. We won't. And trying to force creativity when you're not feeling it will make you more burnt out. So one, I'm wondering if you've read around this. And two, I'm just, at what point did you realise that you had to work in this way? Um, was the, so I've read a book by Maisie, it's called Period Power by Maisie somebody or other. I can't think of what her name is at the minute. Maisie Hill, I've got it behind me. Maisie Hill. So I don't know if she's the same one who does all the seasons, but I read that last year. And I think up until that point, well, a, a few things changed for me so the first thing was i realized that i was constantly doing things for other people all the time um so whether it's you know my family my clients but i was doing very little that energized me that i was doing for me i'd stop the self-care so i decided that i'd read fewer 
business books per se and more fiction or you know just more self-help development books overall so that was one of the ones that I chose um and I think I've I've not been as tuned into my body as I am now I don't know whether that's something that you grow into as you get older like I'm 40 now maybe it's something you get better at but I feel like the topics in that book it should be covered when you're a teenager at school because if I'd have known about these seasons when I was 17 it just would have made life so much easier so about I would say you know maybe a year or so I just started looking at my predicted cycle and every fourth week I would write in my diary that that was going to be a slow week so that's the week that, you know, I do as much as I can in advance, but I take my foot off the gas. You know, normally, you know what I'm like, you know, alarm goes off at 4.30. I'm doing three hours of work before the family get up and everything. And that's the one week where I'm not setting the alarm. I'm not putting pressure on myself. And effectively, I'm doing the bare minimum just to keep everything ticking over, knowing content is scheduled, content is written. All I need to do is approve stuff um, and it and it will go out. So just working with all of that I absolutely love that and I can't agree with you more that if more women understood how our cycles affect our energy levels and our bodies and we worked with our bodies when it because it sounds so silly but also so straightforward if you work with your body when it comes to work and you know this from a young age then you'll probably save yourself years of trying to work cats making a noise trying to work against yourself and all that wasted time and energy when you could have been like just recuperating ready for the week where you're going to feel really energized and get way more done and I love that you have a week where you just this is it I'm just going to survive yeah and I think knowing that about myself also means that I'm kinder to myself so I'm not I'm not putting the same pressure on myself as I am at other times of the month also if my hormones are all over the place and I'm like I'm gonna quit I'm just gonna get a job it's all too much like I know that it's just gonna it's just gonna be like that for a couple of days I know I need to process those feelings process the emotions but not act on them if I'm still feeling like that in two weeks time then maybe I need to have a serious conversation with myself but just not to be too rash because <laughs> otherwise I'd be like yeah I'd be like, no this is enough I'm I've I've had enough that's it I love I absolutely love that you said that because I reckon once a month I sit there and go all my clients hate me they're all gonna fire me and then I'm gonna be penniless and homeless and I, I go through like this cycle but if you don't know other people are doing it too, how do you know that that's just a normal part, a normal but rubbish part of the month where you get you? I, I don't know about you, but I get myself really wound up, and then I'll go like, oh, I need to work all the hours, good sense to make sure this doesn't happen, and then a week later I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, we don't talk about it. So if we don't talk about it, nobody ever knows about it. You know, it's still very much a taboo topic. So. I think you should do uterus chat hashtag something, you know, <laughs> just, you know, for the other female business owners, just so you can be kinder to yourself. You can work it into your routine. You can work with your cycle rather than against it because it will definitely help you be more creative and get more done. And I want to go back to what you said about that. You were always doing things for other people. Cause I want to say that 
when I first emailed you last week about doing this podcast, your first response was, should we get on the phone and have a chat about it? I've got this really great app that can help you with. Here's what I've learned from my two podcasts. And, and it was really calming. And you're always there for people. And you're always giving so much away. You sat and listened to me rant at the start of the pandemic about how I thought my eyeliner supplier was going to go out of business <laughs> and that I would be left with naked eyes. <laughs> and I was about to stockpile my eyeliner. <laughs> oh my God, you sat through that with me. Um, but how do you balance the, the whole people picking your brains and coming to you for advice and help against? Well, being kind to yourself, running a business, and sometimes that advice is some it's quite often things you should be charging for. Even listening yeah. to me witter about eyeliner. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you didn't stockpile eyeliner. It looks like your eyeliner game is very strong today. So clearly supplies aren't in, in short demand. You're doing okay. I don't think supplies of this liner are <laughs> gonna ever run out. <laughs> well, I think um I guess a couple of things. One is the law of reciprocity. So I'm a big fan of that. You know, you do something for me, I'll do, I'm more likely to do something for you going forward. Not in a tit for tat way, just in a being friendly type of way. You know, you have bent over backwards to help me at short notice with automations, you know, me going, oh my God, I don't want to do the email on a Friday now. I want to send it out right now, you know, and you've always been so accommodating of that. So I'm very thankful for how you've been so generous with your time and so flexible with my time. So when you emailed last week, you know, that felt like the, the least I could do, not only because I like you, I care about you, but also I want to see you succeed. And I made so many freaking mistakes with my own podcast. If I can stop you from making those by just at least telling you about them, then I feel like I've done a good deed for the day as well. So, um, so there's that, there's a law of reciprocity. I think as well, if somebody messages me and they've got, uh, they're not a client and they've got some questions, I'm happy to ask one, uh, sorry, answer one specific question. If they've got a whole raft of questions, um, I'm more likely to direct them to a discovery call or to book in for a power hour. So I am, I feel like I'm very good at saying no to stuff. So I read, um, which one was it um the joy of saying the art of saying no subtle art of saying no to things you don't enjoy with things that you, with people you don't want to do i can't remember what the title is but it's a brilliant book about isn't, saying no i was gonna say isn't that one of those books with the swears in the title yeah, <laughs> yeah probably yeah <laughs> um but um so things like I don't mentor virtual assistants for free. I don't do um, accountability buddy ups for free. I don't volunteer at my daughter's dance class. I don't volunteer to do anything at school because one, I, to be honest, I don't want to. And two, there's other things that are more closely aligned with what's actually gonna help my family. You know, I feel like as a business owner, I know there's a lot of pressure when you're a um, when you're an employee as well, but as a business owner, it's freaking 24 seven. Like it does not stop. You don't close the door to your kitchen or wherever it is you're working and just automatically switch off. So I'm good at saying no to the stuff that I know. I, well, one, I don't want to do. I, obviously I decline in a very nice way, but isn't 
isn't aligned with where I'm trying to be either, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And can I just say, you've got a very brilliant blog about this as well, about the <laughs> saying no. And I love <laughs> the, I'm not going to bake cakes for my kids' school because, oh my goodness, gosh, some of the dads to bake cakes and yes! volunteer and stand oh. at the Christmas fair and join the PTA. I said this about the dance thing. I got to the point where I said to Adam, you're going to have to take over the dance coordination stuff. I mean, Freya doesn't even do it anymore, so we don't have this problem. But I was like, you can get the text messages. You can get the weekly reminders. They can ask you if you want to, you know, do the costume design. And they, I, I get that they need volunteers and I know that they rely really heavily on that. But there are other people out there with fewer commitments um, who have more mental capacity to take that stuff on. And when my mental load is already, you know, reaching the top of my head, I'm not going to risk my mental health to do something, to say yes to something that I actually don't, don't even want to do with people I potentially don't even like. <laughs> I love that you're so honest about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think people, we all need more honesty about that stuff in the world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Awesome. Um, I totally didn't expect our conversation to go in this direction today. I know, by sorry, the way. sorry. No, it's been really good. It's made this so much. So, sorry, my front door's It's made this so different and so much more than I think people understand. Because this this is about like, how businesses should be doing content or doing content differently. But this all interlinks. It it's all interlinked together in that understanding how you work well helps you make better content decisions and do it for a better reason and the way you do content is so unique to you that I think that story needs to be told if you got one tip that you could ask business owners of what they could do more with their content marketing what would it be consistency I think just consistency because if I think back to do you remember when GDPR came in a few years ago and all of a sudden we were bombarded with emails and we were like well, who's this person? I don't ever, ever remember signing up for them. Delete. Or oh, who's this person? I don't remember signing up for them. You know, unsubscribe. So I think you've got a much better chance of nurturing a relationship if you are showing up consistently in the inbox. And, you know, I think email marketing is brilliant. I think it's a fantastic way of smart lead generation. I like to think that not everybody is on every single platform and who the heck would want to be, but most people have got an email address. So if there's a way for you to leverage email marketing in your business, I strongly believe it's suitable for any type of business model. Um, and then just consistency is key, showing up regularly, showing up when you don't want to show up um, and just putting yourself out there as much as you can um, from a visibility perspective as well. Because I think it's interesting, you know, nobody is watching us as much as we think people are watching us. You know, we are the only um, person who sees 100% of the content we put out. So of course we think it's a lot. And um, interestingly, just before this call, I had somebody, um, I sent a connection request out on LinkedIn and this lady came back and she was like, oh, you know, thank you for the invitation. I'm going to decline because you've got in your title that you help people with their confidence. And I don't want people seeing that I'm connected with you and assuming that I'm lacking in confidence myself. And I went back and I was like, gosh, that's a real shame because I actually like making recommendations for people. And just because I do that, it doesn't mean I'm 
you know, not going to connect with a bodybuilding coach because I'm not interested in bodybuilding. It doesn't mean I'm not going to connect with somebody from Alcoholics Anonymous because I'm not an alcoholic, you know, that or it, it just doesn't make sense. So what I'm trying to say there is that we are the only people who sees all of our content. We are the only one who's stuck in our head and being super analytical about it. No one else is watching. No one else is no one else cares about the typo. No one else cares about, you know, anything else because they're all busy in their own heads, doing their own thing, worrying about their own content. So yeah, maybe it's consistency and just take yourself less seriously as well. You know, um, you know, there will be typos. It's not the end of the world. Um, the, an email might go out late. It's not the end of the world. It's just showing up and it's just that 1% incremental gain so that you're constantly improving or at least heading in the right direction. And you've reminded me with that, that I wanted to ask you about your confidence bundle because you, because of who you are and how helpful and generous you are with your time and what you put out there. I was just like, when you said this morning, you've got this new confidence bundle. I'm like, yes, of course you had. Oh my goodness. Not that I expected you to do one. It was like a nice little surprise, but it was like, this is perfect because you are so about bigging everyone up. Yeah, definitely. And I think because I've struggled, I really struggled with confidence, particularly when I first started, because it comes back to what I said earlier about, I knew I was really good at my job, but I knew I wasn't good at bookkeeping or I, my own IT support or my own using my own actual name on social media, you know, it was all so much out of my comfort zone. So I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I had a lot of self-doubt and I've done so much self-development to be more aware of those, um, those feelings and to create some mental strategies to try and not quash them forever because I think they do rise up from time to time there's always going to be a time where you doubt your confidence but more to be aware of what my strengths are and where I have got weaknesses as as we all have to recognize them but acknowledge them in such a way that I come up with an action plan for them as and when they crop up so it's almost like you know reticular vision where you want to buy a nissan car and you know up until that point you don't see any nissans on the road and then as soon as you decide to buy one they're everywhere and you're like oh my gosh where did they all come from you know it, there's the same amount of cars as there was the other day and the thing with having knowing what your weaknesses are and then coming up with a, a strategy to combat them it just means you're more attuned to um, feeling them and recognizing for them for what they are as and when they do crop up. So the confidence bundle is a whole load of workbooks and videos and tools and tactics for virtual assistants who feel like they're being held back in some way by their confidence. You know, they know that they can do so much more if they just knew how to respond to a certain situation. You know, how many times have we had to email a client to tell them that, I don't know, we want to say no, they're not an ideal client. We, we, we don't really want to work with them, but we haven't got a clue how to phrase that in such a way that we're declining with grace and good humor. And we're also coming across as a nice guy at the end. So there's loads of templates for all different types of like awkward conversation scenarios, like swipe files that you can copy paste. Um, and then workbooks and downloads so that you can come up with those mental strategies, have some ideas in your mental toolkit that you can deploy as and when you need them when you're in those different situations as well so yeah I really want virtual assistants to live up to their potential and I know from experience that a lot of them are being held back by confidence so I also know that this is going to really help 
a lot of people so yeah it's exciting and I'm excited for the people who have bought it so far it is exciting and also it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people are held back by that confidence thing and having something that's just a product that's there that focuses on that one thing of not wanting to put yourself forward or out there or say no is it's so huge yeah definitely yeah and I think I'm excited for you. (laughs) And I think, you know, with my LinkedIn headline, you know, my LinkedIn headline constantly changes depending on um, maybe there's a piece of content that I've put out recently. Maybe, you know, this is a new thing that I'm selling. So I've put that in my headline when I'm doing my training course, my headline changes. So I adapt what my headline is depending on where I want people to to look or what I want them to think. So um, again, it's just, you know, testing, tweaking, adjusting. That is such a good tip. <laughs> Thank you. Just in your headline. And um, right, my last question, and I'm asking absolutely everybody this. I've had some amazing answers. Making a cup of tea, milk first or tea bag first? So I'm a coffee person, but um, milk first, it would be tea first, but I'm rubbish. I was going to swear. I'm rubbish at making tea. Um, like Adam has tried to go. <laughs> He has tried to teach me how to make it just so that I don't make such a rubbish. Yeah, I'm not good. I'm not good at it. But yeah, I would do tea bag first, milk afterwards. But you wouldn't want me making you a cup of tea. Do you see the, the southern tea where it just looks like dirty dishwater? I think I do it where the there's no the problem is there's no aeration in the tea bag when I put the put the water in, so it just looks like milk. <laughs> that's the one you are the first coffee drinker i've had on and i don't have a i don't have a backup question for the coffee drinkers because i only ever i only ever drink coffee when i'm out i I don't drink cups of tea when i'm out because i don't think people make them strong enough oh really so i've got to ask then so are you like a yorkshire tea girl oh my goodness yeah yeah and it's got to be properly strong yeah yeah yeah. okay Yeah. yeah sugar no sugar no sugar no sugar okay be foul my tea with sugar interesting (laughs) (laughs) oh <laughs> uh, so if you can think of a backup coffee question what what splits the coffee world what splits the coffee world mm, probably um instant or filter something like that like n- does anybody want to admit that they have i don't know granulate granulated coffee you know no. d- does everybody want to be a filter snob i don't know no one drinks instant anymore. You're going to tell me you drink instant now, aren't you? No, no. But my mum does. My mum's like, oh my gosh, this is such a bargain. Six pounds for Alter Rica. I was like, oh mum. I think it's a generation thing because I think, I think the whole coffee culture happened because of friends. Yeah. And the whole, but I remember my mum when I was growing up saying, oh, I'll have a half and half. Now I'll say that to anyone outside of Yorkshire outside of the age anyone under the age of 60 is not going to have the faintest clue what half and half is is that the milk thing the powdered milk no it's you have half uh, instant coffee half milk and then you stick it in the microwave so it goes for me is it like a microwave cappuccino (laughs) kind of but not cappuccino it's just like a really without the bubbles really weak milky coffee that's disgusting sorry if my mum's listening to this (laughs) a really weak milky coffee and they'd go places outside of Yorkshire and go oh I'll have a half and half please and it's like the moment like different sorts of coffees came in other than instant it's like 
everyone's minds were blown by this. <laughs> oh, amazing. But yeah, the tea, I'm, I'm not good at the tea. Um. <laughs> I, can't, I actually can't imagine you drinking any caffeine. You're so full of energy anyway. Do you think? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, like my my impression of me versus your impression of me i think we're like worlds apart aren't we you know you sat on said on that email you're like yeah you're a content machine you're so strategic and i'm like am i i feel like i'm just spray and pray all the time just like putting it out there and hoping for the best <laughs> but this is the image you're projecting on the world and i think that's a really good thing that you're you're projecting this really like got it all sorted all organized know what i'm doing i wish i projected that on the world <laughs> Maybe, maybe I need to work through my confidence bundle. Maybe I need to do one for Fiona Brennan's. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting though, isn't it? Like what you, how critical you are of yourself versus what other people see. Because I try and be as unfiltered as I, as I can be and not hold back. Like one of, one of the things that I was keen to mention here was, you know, you and I work together. I don't have that content output on my own and I never want to give that type of impression so I think it's really important to talk about you know if you've got people on your team tell people about it don't pretend that you're this machine you know this energized machine who's just constantly pushing stuff out all the time because it's it's not true and it's an unrealistic um uh what thing for other people as well isn't it sorry that's got nothing to do with tea that was like a random outburst no i like that <laughs> and i think i think that's a really important thing to say that having people to help you in this like businesses don't exist in a silo and you're working on your own and you're your own boss you you still don't exist in a silo and you need people around you to help you and that can be getting people to do the content for you or getting a va or it could just be other stuff like having someone to call when you're having a bad day or having a cleaner in the house so you're not spending two hours of your weekend cleaning and you regain that time with your family. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think people should talk about that more. Um, yeah, just to, just to keep it real. Yeah. Because none of us are perfect. No. No. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, I'm going to leave you to the rest of your day. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's super oh, exciting. Thank you for your time. I so appreciate it. Everyone's so lovely. <laughs> oh, no, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode with Victoria. I hope you got a lot out of it and an understanding of just how great it can be to just tell it like it is in your content. Next week will be a mini-sode with me. It will be lockdown related and I'm going to be talking about the pros and cons of batch producing your content. So tune in next week when we'll be chatting about batch producing the content.